Well, good morning, everybody. It's lovely to be here at FCF and not sitting at home alone like Macaulay Culkin, uh, wrecking the place on a Sunday morning. But uh, in all my years of being a Christian and all my years of giving a testimony, this is the very first time that I've done anything like this. And so I'm very grateful for the invitation from the elders of FCF to come and share what is really his story. I know we've been singing, this is my story, this is my song, but really my testimony is all about the saving grace and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ in my life. And in these next few minutes, I just want to share with you what Jesus actually means to me. Now, years gone by, when I was asked to give him a testimony, I would get up and I would have a, a spiel. Uh, I mean, it's a good story, but it was always about me and, and what I used to be like and what I'm like now. And it was interesting the way that it was phrased on the Facebook post about what Jesus means to me. And it really kind of got me thinking, you know, uh, I've never been married. And so for those of you that have been married like for 30 or 40 years and you, somebody asks you, well, what does your wife or what does your husband mean to you? And, you know, you maybe have to think for a moment, like you've grown close together, you've become comfortable together. I was thinking this morning of the thing like a pair of socks in a drawer. You know, you're just that comfortable together. But, you know, do you ever sit down and really think, well, why do I love my wife so much? Or why do I love my husband so much? And it was just such, you know, a challenge for me to think, well, yes, of course, I love Jesus. And yes, he means a lot to me. But why, you know, why, Noel, does Jesus mean so much to me? And if somebody asks me, you know, what does Jesus mean to you? Or why do you love him? You, you know, I really nearly have to step back and think, well, just because I do. But then, you know, try and be more specific. So that's basically what I've done this morning is to try and figure out, well, like, really, what does Jesus mean to me and why does he mean what he does? And I gave my testimony or I shared my story with a colleague at work recently. I was thrilled to get the opportunity when somebody asks you, you know, to give your testimony. You think, wow, this is great. It's moments that you pray for all your life. And uh, so I told him a story about how 35 years ago, et cetera, et cetera. And he says, well, is it the same now? And of course, my initial answer was, yes, it is. But actually, it's not the same. And, you know, if I was married and if I had a wife, I would like to think that I would be a different man now than I was 35 years ago when I met the Lord Jesus Christ. I would like to think that my relationship with him was deeper and, and stronger. And because I've gotten to know him, now, years ago, uh, before I became uh, a Christian or before I trusted the Lord as my Savior, I was probably just what you regard as your average Joe. I mean, I had no alcohol issues. I wasn't a drug taker or, you know, I didn't live a wild lifestyle. Uh, but I was just, your, like I say, your average Joe. And I had a job in the civil service in Belfast. I you know, I just, I like to get out and have a social drink with some of my friends. But there was nothing kind of like dramatic about my life as to why I would need to be saved, even though now in hindsight, of course, I needed to be saved because I was lost and outside of Christ. But I, I grew up in a religion here in Northern Ireland, uh, and I did all the religious things. I made my first Holy Communion, I made my Confirmation. 
uh, and all that sort of stuff. And I was taught like a lot of morals. I was a good living person relatively compared to some people. And I knew about Jesus. I mean, I knew that he uh, was born of a virgin, Mary. I knew that he had died on the cross because like the two bookends of, of the the Catholic calendar, Christmas and Easter, when we celebrate the birth of Jesus and when we remember the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And, and this was my life. I was a regular mass goer, and as I said, there was nothing really dramatic. But I moved to Belfast uh, to work uh, in the civil service, and I remember one night I was going out for a drink, and this is really where my side of this story starts. Uh, this night that I was going out uh, to a pub in Belfast and on the way I met this young man handing out gospel tracts. Now gospel tract for those of you that aren't familiar, it's a little leaflet and you know you maybe see people up the town giving them out and on that is the message of the cross, the message of salvation and why you need to be saved and, and how you can be saved. And I remember whatever it was that night that I stopped to talk uh, to that young man. And, and really, you know, from that moment, my life changed dramatically. And I won't say, excuse me, that that night I trusted the Lord, but that night a seed was planted. And I want to say to all you people out there that faithfully give out gospel tracts, that stand on street corners and talk to people about the Lord, don't despair. Because I walked away from that young man that night. I've never seen him since. And he does not know the impact that he made on my life. That night when he stood there in the rain on the streets of Belfast talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. And to my shame, really, it's, it's not a, an area of evangelism that I'm comfortable with, but I'm very thankful for those of you that do stand and give out tracts and, and talk to people about the Lord. Because really there was something about him that night. He was promoting the Lord Jesus Christ, when all I could do was defend uh, the religion that I was part of. And I should say that I'm very thankful for my upbringing. I had very good, devout parents, and that they taught us a lot of values. And I should say that I was not lost because I was Catholic. I was lost because I was a sinner who needed to be saved. And uh, so just uh, keep that in mind, uh, that being Catholic is not a crime, or it's, it's not... Uh, so anyway, so that night I walked away from that young man and he made me think about my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. What did I think about Jesus? And I went into work the following Monday or Tuesday or Monday and I was talking to some of the girls in the office about this meeting that I'd had. And then one of the girls happened to say that her brother had become a born again Christian. And so this kind of began to stimulate more thought pattern. I thought, well, I must get in touch with him. So I wrote him a letter, and I asked him some questions, and he wrote me a nice letter back and just invited me to come and meet with him and talk with him at his house. So I went to, to talk to him at his house, and uh, we had a good conversation. And I remember uh, some of the things that he said, and it was one was I asked about his church life, and they had Bible studies and prayer meetings, and church twice on a Sunday. And as he was talking about it, it seemed that he really enjoyed uh, what he was doing. And I mean, for me, like I was, like I said, I was a regular church goer, but uh, that's all it was. And so he says, well, look at Noel. I'm only 17. I don't have all the answers. Why don't you come along to church with me um, some Sunday evening? So I made arrangements to go along to the church. And I remember 
going along to the church, Templemore Hall and Templemore Avenue in Belfast, and, and the people there made me so welcome. I really enjoyed the service. I enjoyed the singing. And uh, so I was watching these people, and I thought, well, you know, I could live like that. So instead of doing what I normally did during the week, maybe going to the, across the road to the bar or out at the weekends, I started going along to the services in the church. There was a, a Bible study on Monday nights. There was a prayer meeting on Friday night. And, and even though I wasn't a youth at 25 years of age, the, the youth there welcomed me into their youth group. And then the people in the church were so kind, inviting me around for meals and stuff like that. And I really valued all this hospitality and care uh, that these people showed me. But still something inside uh, told me that there's something not right here. And so uh, I remember one Sunday evening I went to church and the, the preacher was up preaching the gospel. And I just thought, you know what, my friend has told the pastor all about me and he's up there telling the congregation about all the wrong things that I have ever done. And of course, now in my maturity, I realize that that was the Holy Spirit just convicting me of my sin. And on the way out of the church, one of the, another one of the young people came over to me. And I think this is why I value young people so much. And because most of my testimony up until this point, and even my first call into missions, was all around young people, teenagers that gave out tracts on the street, teenagers that told me they were praying for me, teenagers that invited me to church, teenagers that invited me along to their youth group. And young people do have great value. And I watch these young men here and these young women, of course, growing up here at FCF and through the Gospel Hall and through one of the local youth groups at the barn. And there's great value in our youth and church leaders out there, I mean, maybe you're listening or maybe you're not, covet your young people, encourage your young people, draw them on and, and get alongside them and mentor them and disciple them because this is what they turn into. And I'm so thankful to God for the privilege of the, the work of young people in my life and I value them greatly. But this young man, I was leaving the church and he says, you know, Noel, we have been praying for you. And I thought, wow, here are people that hardly know me and they care enough about me to pray for me. And so that evening, I was uh, sharing a flat on the Ormo Road in Belfast. It was a Sunday night. I remember going home and getting down on my knees beside the bed. And just very simply, because by this stage, of course, I'd, I'd heard the gospel. Uh, you know, I knew growing up in the Catholic Church that Jesus died on a cross. But I never personalized it and made it my own testimony, my story that Jesus died for me, and when he died for me, he took my sin and my shame and my guilt. And so that night I was just home, got down beside my bed, and I says, Lord, save me. And you know, true to his word, he did. And I've never looked back from that night. Now, that basically is the story of my salvation. Now, I went on to have an amazing Christian life, I was called into service in Dublin. I've worked in several countries around the world, Greece, China, and more recently, Brazil and Zambia. But I'm not going to talk about that this morning because I want to answer that question that, that was put you know, on that, what does Jesus mean to me? And so, of course, if somebody saves your life, if you were running out across the road, if you're at the traffic lights and you know, you're distracted and you step out in the road and there's a bus or something coming, and somebody grabs you and pulls you back. 
you're never going to forget that person. And if Jesus did nothing else for me, I have that. Jesus saved me when I was lost. The Bible tells us that we're dead in our sins, and he brought me from death to life, and he gave me a new life, and that's probably uh, where that phrase, being born again. I was born once uh, to John and Teresa Kearney back uh, in 1959, but I was born again in April 1986 when I was born into a new family, and that's another reason why I love the Lord Jesus Christ and why he means so much to me. As an older single man, the Bible tells us that Jesus, our God, sets his children in families. And I look around, now there's not an awful lot of people here this morning, but there's not a home that I haven't been in. There's not a family here that hasn't welcomed me into their family. And so this is something that I have been really blessed by, is having this Christian family. And I'm very thankful for my earthly family, all nine of them. And uh, I just pray... God's blessing on them, but uh, just this family that God has placed me in, and no matter where I go in the world, I have been welcomed into homes. Why? Because we have the same Heavenly Father. We have the same heritage. We're brothers and sisters in Christ, and that's what unites us. So I'm very grateful to that for the family of God. Now, I did mention earlier about married couples growing together and, and being different now. And the Jesus I know now is very different than the Jesus I knew back then, even though he's the same Jesus, which kind of is the paradox of Scripture. And uh, if you ever get into reading the Bible, you'll find out all these different things about, about Scripture and, and the different paradoxes that there are therein. But before I've met that young man. Jesus didn't reveal anything to me personally. Of course, I was part of religion. Of course, I went and, and received communion. And, and of course, you know, I was maybe aware of his death and birth. But the Jesus that I love now is not hanging on a cross. The Jesus that I love now is not lying as a little baby in a manger. The Jesus that I love now is sitting at the right hand of the Heavenly Father mediating for me. Now, Jesus' death on the cross is vital for all of us, and it's lovely that we're going to remember that. But if that's all, I know this sounds, I want to try and say this reverently, but if that's all, if you're stuck at the cross, well, then you're missing out all the other things that Jesus is and can be for each and every one of us. And I'm just going to share some of those things now quickly what he is to us. So first of all, of course, Savior. And I, because of that death, because of his life and death and resurrection, I am saved. And I'm happy and proud to say that I'm saved and that I know for sure that I'm guaranteed a place in heaven. So what's going on in this world at the moment, difficult days, difficult times for many, many people, like the worst that can happen to me is that I'm going to die, but that's the best thing that can happen to me as well. You know, for me to live, as Paul wrote, for me to live as Christ, to die is gain. And so whether of another 10 years or 20 years or one day in this life, I live that knowing I have the Lord walking with me, but also the hope that I have at the end of this is that I'm going to be with him in heaven forever. 
There's no doubt about that. You know, oftentimes when I'm uh, talking to people about the Lord and or talking to people about heaven, and I say, well, are you going to go to heaven when you die? And they say, well, I hope so. The difference is now with me is I know so because I'm taking God at his word. The Bible tells us very clearly many, many times, but I'm just going to quote that most famous of verses, for God so loved the world that whosoever believes in him would have God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And I have that everlasting life. I began living eternally the moment that I was born again. And I just want to say, going back quickly and briefly, now that it's come to my head, my story began that night in Belfast. But God's story and the Lord Jesus Christ's story about me and my life began long, long before that. God was putting his plan of salvation into action a long, long time before I was born. And you know, there's a lovely verse that talks about God's love and care for me. Before you were formed in the womb, I knew you. And the Bible also said that I was created and put together in my mother's womb. And that's why I so value the life of the unborn, because that child doesn't just become something when it's born. That child, from the moment of conception, is beginning to be being created and formed and knit together in the womb. Not by genetics, though God has used genetics, but by God, our Heavenly Father, and God, our Creator. And so just value life from conception. I'll just say that. So Jesus as Savior. And whenever, you know, I could go, go on and talk about a lot of the things that I have done down through the years, but the disciples came back to Jesus one time after he had sent them out, and they were telling him, yes, I did this, your Lord, and yes, I did that, Lord. And Jesus just said to them simply, you know, don't rejoice in the things that you've done. Rejoice that your name is written in the book of life. And I'm so thankful that my name is written in the book of life. Is your name written in that book? Can you rejoice that your name is written in the book of life? Or are you depending on some of the things that you've done or some of the things that you think you're going to do or because you're part of a religion that teaches about Jesus? It's all about a personal faith. And this is why I can stand up here and say this is my story or his story in my life. So someone saved your life. Of course, there's immediate connection of gratitude. So I'm going to be eternally grateful to the Lord Jesus Christ that he saved me. And that's one of the reasons why he means so much for me. But did is past tense. And, and that's what I'm saying, that Jesus is not still on the cross. He came off the cross, he went to the tomb, he rose again from the tomb. That's our gospel message, is that Jesus died and rose again. And we live and celebrate a risen Savior, though we remember and never forget a dying Savior who died for us to take that. So he's a living Savior. And so then this is how this relationship continues. So 35 years later, uh, as a single man, it's the longest relationship I've ever been in. Now, I've had one or two in the past, but they didn't last very long. This one, we're sticking it out. But more to his credit than to mine, because he is more faithful than I could ever be. And you know, uh, there's a verse. It says, the steadfast love of the Lord never faileth. His love for me is undying. 
His love for me never changes. I'm like a roller coaster sometimes. Sometimes I'm up there and enjoying the heights and this wonderful, amazing relationship. And sometimes I'm down there in the depths of, oh, Lord, how could you love someone like me? But he does because he's a faithful God. And then uh, a familiar verse. We've just come through the Christmas season. A familiar verse is that, you know, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and, and just sorry, these verses gave me, but it talks about him being wonderful counselor. And you know, being human, uh, being in difficult days, you know, we do have dark days and we do have tough times. And you know, what better, I know for you married men or you married women that you're very fortunate that you come home and pour out your heart to your husband or wife. Me, I come home and I pour out my heart to the Lord because he's always there. And he's never going to be in a bad mood. So I don't know, maybe you couples, you come home and your wife's had a bad day as well, and you come in and, yeah, blah, 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 but a bad day too. He's always the same. And that's what I love about him as well. He's just constant. And he's just constantly calm. He's constantly faithful. And even I think back to that time in the boat, and the storm was going all over the place. And where was Jesus? Sleeping at the bottom of the boat. And the disciples were all over the place. And they come down, Lord, do you not care that we're perishing? And he's lying sleeping. And he says, why are you so faithless? Because we forget to trust him. We forget his calmness. We forget his counsel. And we look to him for that counsel. And then, of course, the companionship. Again, I'm going to keep harping back to him, a single man. I'm not making myself available for any of you singles out there. I'm just telling you the facts. Uh, as a single man, you know, to have that constant companionship. I get up every morning, go down and make my coffee, and then I come back up and I sit, and I know that he's there with me. And the lovely thing is, is I've traveled extensively. I've been all over the world. And because of his omnipresence, because he not only is Jesus, but he's also God. And I just wanted to highlight that fact at this moment, because again, you know, oftentimes Jesus is thought of as this man in the Gospels, this human being in a physical form with his beard and blue eyes and brown hair and white robe. And that's the Jesus that you think you're coming to. But that's not the Jesus of the Bible. The Bible tells us very clearly in the first of the Gospels about Jesus that he's Emmanuel, God with us. God, that's God the Creator, God the Omnipresent One, God the All-Powerful One, God the All-Knowing. And this is Jesus. And so when I sit with him in the morning, whether I'm in Brazil or Zambia or whether it was in China, Australia, Greece, anywhere that I've traveled, I can get up any morning and sit with him. And he speaks. Now, the thing about it is, is this is probably something that people maybe that are outside of Christ or outside of you know, believers that they have difficulty with. But God speaks to us every day through his word, the Bible. And every morning, you know, sometimes if I'm feeling bad about something and I'll just happen to pick up and go through my reading, and then this voice, this verse will jump out to me and it will be God speaking through his word in the power of the Holy Spirit. So everywhere I can go, everywhere I go or everywhere you are, you think you are, he's there. And then we have his care, of course, that he's, he's told us, cast all your care 
upon me because I care for you. So again, if I'm having a bad day, you know, if there's some that I'm struggling with, go to him, bring it to him, cast all your care upon him because he cares for you. And there's never any selfishness with Jesus. He never doesn't have time for you. You know, he, he never would say, I'm too busy. You know, come back at another time. I know all the time I used to think the lads up around Kilmacormick that come to the door and I'd say, not tonight, boys. But Jesus never, 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 never. He's always there. And then, of course, we have his mercy. And this is one of the things, the attributes of Jesus that probably I like the most because I deserve a relationship with him the least. As a sinful man, you know, I would say, Lord, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you would care for him and visit him every morning? Every day, the Lord wants to come and sit and visit with you. The God of all creation wants to spend time with you. Like That blows my mind still after 35 years. And just this, the verse, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new when? Every morning. Every morning he gives us a fresh start. And then, of course, his love. We've already spoken about the love that caused him to send his own son to die for us. The love that caused the Lord Jesus Christ to go and die on the cross for me. Like, why? There's nothing in me that would cause him to love me. And yet, that's what he did. He loved me. And then, with that love, he gave me value and a sense of worth. I'm valuable to God because he paid a big price for me. Even though I think, like, why, Lord, would you send your son to die for me? Because I love you, Noel. That's why. And so it's very hard for that. And then, as I've said about his faithfulness, he fights hard for us. He never gives up on us. And even though, like, you know, think of it, even the, probably the story you're familiar with is the one of the prodigal son. That boy went away as far as God, as way as far from God as he could. And yet, when he came to his senses and turned around, the Father, a picture of our Heavenly Father, ran to meet him with open arms. Like, what kind of a God is that? Is it any wonder he means so much to me? Now, we're just about done, but there's just a, I'd written down the, the lines of a, a couple of choruses that we often sang back in the day. One was, He is my everything. He is my all. He is my everything, both great and small. And then there was another one, The longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. I think the longer I serve it, the more acidic I grow, if that's a word, because I just feel the closer I get to him, the more horrible I am, the, the, the more sinful I am. But he just keeps on loving. He keeps on giving. He keeps on pouring out. He keeps on blessing. And this is the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, that I'm presenting to you this morning. Not a Savior whose name drips off the tongue of people when they get a shock or they hear some bad news. Oh, you know, taking the Lord's name in vain. He's very precious. He's very special to me. But this, I was asked the question, I was asked to share what Jesus means to me. And I hope that this morning, just sharing some of those things will give you a little bit of insight about why he means so much to me. Now, I'm just going to finish reading uh, some verses. It's from a beautiful love story uh, in the Song of Solomon, a book in the Old Testament, if you, you go to it. And it's just uh, a few verses about this woman who was in a relationship with this man. And it's a picture of my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and what I think about him. So here I'll read verses 10 to 16, and then I shall finish. 
My beloved is white and ruddy, chief among ten thousand. His head is like the finest gold. His locks are wavy and black as a raven. His eyes are like doves by the rivers of water, washed with milk and fitly set. His cheeks are like a bed of spices, banks of scented herbs. His lips are lilies, dripping liquid mare. His hands are rods of gold, set with beryl. His body is carved ivory, inlaid with sapphires. His legs are pillars of marble, set on bases of fine gold. His countenance is like Lebanon, excellent as the cedars. His mouth is most sweet. And this bit I've highlighted. Yes, he is altogether lovely. This is my beloved, and this is my friend.